Hallo und herzlich willkommen zur Nordic by Nature Radio Show. Ich bin Steffi. I'm Nina. Und heute reden wir über das Thema Social Media und dazu haben wir Joe Howden eingeladen vom UK-Label One Little Indian Records und er ist der Digital Manager bei One Little Indian Records. Rally with me, rally tonight. 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 Rally with me. Rally tonight Rally with me Rally tonight
Welcome to the Nordic by Nature radio show, Joe. Oh, thank you very much. It's nice to be here. It's really nice to have you here. Uh, for you who don't know One Little Indian really well, it's the label who has released artists like Bjork, Samaris, Asgeir, and also lots of British artists. Joe is the digital manager, which includes social media manager and all the other online stuff. And he has a background from running a magazine called Kruger in the UK. Yep, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I take care of all of the digital concerns for the, the label itself and for um, the artists on the label. Um, but I came from a, a background which was uh, magazine publishing, so I kind of moved into digital and uh, it took over my life. Can you tell us a bit about how you work with social media at One Little Indian? Since I've been there, it's kind of it's become pretty central in terms of all of the marketing that we do for all of the records that we put out. Um, so having a sort of social strategy that is communicated with the bands and, and worked through um, right from the beginning has become like a vitally important part of our, our label and all labels pretty much so it uh, um, involves a lot of liaison should we say with uh, artists and managers and other departments within the label. So has social media come more in focus lately when it comes to like the big plans or the strategies for the bands? Um, yeah, certainly. Uh, with when it comes to content and placement of of content, particularly uh, premieres like videos and um, new sort of material and songs and um, remixes and so social media is sort of central to all of that, really. For which artists are you doing social media? A lot of them manage their own sort of affairs day to day, but um, I kind of come in on a strategic level for all of them and sort of act as a point man kind of thing and advise them on the best things that they can get out of it. But then for some of them, like Bjork and um, various others, I kind of manage it directly for them as well. It really depends on how busy they are and how much they want to do it. How's it to do the Facebook for Bjork? Are you shaking before you're clicking? Uh, I, I, <laughs> so. When I first did it, I was, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of grown a lot since when I first took it over. It was um, just under a, a million likes on the page, and now it's just under three million. And uh, the engagement rates are really high. So I put, did a post earlier today, and within well, by the time it took me to get from the office to the studio, it had sixteen thousand likes, which was about half an hour. And that's, yeah. <laughs> But I'm used to that now. To begin with, it was kind of uh, scary stuff. We're going to play a song by an artist from your label called Samaris. Can you tell us something about the song? Um, well, the band, they're, they're, a, um, they're an Icelandic uh, three-piece. And they're, they're really interesting because um, the, the two girls in the band are classically trained, classically trained uh, singer and uh, classically trained 
clarinet player. Uh, and uh, they teamed up with a producer uh, in order to um, create a, a sort of new sound that's sort of in some ways ancient and in some ways very modern. Um, and they reinterpret um, old Icelandic song lyrics and uh, poems and then put them over sort of in a modern context. Go You 
Working with an artist like Björk and her Facebook page, is there something special you have to think about before you make a post that reaches three million fans? First off, there's nothing that goes on her page at all that hasn't been seen and approved by her before it happens. I don't post anything on her behalf without her knowing about it. So has Björk approved it? Yes. Okay, I'll post it. That's the that's the main. But I mean, thing. how do you think when you create the posts? Well, I mean, a lot of them. I mean, we kind of do a lot of different things on on the page. A lot of it is kind of um, we have a calendar of content which is sort of pre-approved and then goes out. So that's kind of stuff that is kind of considered beforehand, and then we try and mix that up and have different content threads to keep their audience engaged with stuff that they that they're familiar with and stuff that they perhaps didn't know. That's one side of it. When there's something new, then it, it would typically be um, put together generally by me and then um, kind of sent through and then adjusted by her until she's happy with it. Do you also have to uh, adjust it with an artist, for example, for Askir, or is this on your complete responsibility? Uh, well, with Asgir, it's generally I, I kind of work it from a label perspective. So he, generally, he is posting and his management are posting on the page, and that they kind of all of the personal stuff is coming directly from them. But then when there is anything that's like a sort of uh, some kind of promotional thing, like today there was a tour announced, for example, um, then that would be me doing that. And my main priorities are never to impersonate the artist. Um, always put it in a tone of voice which is you're not pretending to be them because that's very important to an audience that you're you know that they know who it is who's talking mm. um, and also uh, always to keep it a really clear and simple message particularly on Facebook do you feel it's uh, better to um, concentrate on the facts or does it make sense to be emotional like to make emotional posts to engage people um, well, I mean, I think from a, from an artist's perspective, it's it would make sense to be not overly emotional and kind of, you know, crying about how beautiful everything is, because that just, <laughs> I don't know if anyone wants to hear that. But um, yeah, I mean, in giving personality is really important, I think. Having a mental breakdown can be, can get, a, get you a lot of fans. Yeah. Is that a prompt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you used to be involved in Sinead O'Connor's Facebook page, right? Uh, yes, I did. Can you tell us something about that? <laughs> um, well, probably, I guess what I, what I can say is <laughs> quite recently there was um, a very well-documented dispute in the media <laughs> between uh, Sinead and another artist, um, Miley Cyrus <laughs> uh, and it's funny what they say like there's no such thing as bad publicity but um, certainly what happened over a couple of days of it dragging on is she made like 50,000 new likes on her page over a weekend basically and which is quite a crazy uh, thing and I didn't do anything I just sat and watched it happen which was you know it was quite a nice thing to see yeah. <laughs> Whatever, it would, for good or bad. 
Yeah, the power of social media. Um, let's talk about this um, in a second. Uh, you brought some songs with you. Yeah, I did. What's the first song? Um, the first song is by uh, Swedish black metal pioneers Bathory. Uh, and I believe it's from something like 1988. Uh, and yeah, this, they kind of pretty much created the black metal sound that became really big from the 90s onwards. Do you know how many fans they have on Facebook? No, but I imagine a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
We have Joe Howden here from UK label One Little Indian Records. Hello, Joe. Very Hello. nice to have you Hello. here. And we're talking about social media with you. Yes. Because uh, you are doing the Facebook and the Twitter, for example, for Björk and also for Askier. Yeah. And um, so the question is um, to you, what's the latest trends in social media? I feel there used to be a time where people really loved to use these words, boom, boom, bang, bang. Now we're kind of in a time where people really love to post some uh, creepy or crazy pictures like dogs or cats. And it seems to really work. Um, what do you think about this development? It's a really, it's a very big and interesting topic and I'm not something that's I don't think you can kind of you can't really you know put your uh, you can't hit the nail on the head with it in sort of a five minute chat I don't think but certainly one thing that I've noticed is that um, in the last six months or so since Facebook changed the the style of their link posts with the images all those posts begin beginning to look the same I think and uh, there seems to be a general fall in the quality of content online, uh, as I see it on Facebook. Um, there's a lot more top tens and little a, a photo with a hook that doesn't tell you what the photo is about, so you have to click and then go somewhere else. Uh, this week, um, a social media commentator of some sort announced that Facebook are responsible generally for 10% of website traffic for websites. Um, which is four times more than Twitter, which was the next one, or maybe Pinterest was the next one. So this thing that they've done has really worked, but it's also meaning that it's just kind of a bit boring to look at these days. But do, do artists have the same need as a site like BuzzFeed to drive clicks to their site? Well, it totally depends on what they're trying to do with, with their particular strategy, if they have a strategy. But yeah, maybe. I mean, if it's about sort of downloads, then it might be about pushing people to iTunes or um, if they're trying to, you know, focus on a website or whatever it is. I mean, um, everyone has a reason to push someone somewhere on Facebook, it seems. Has the way that you've worked with social media changed since you started working for One Little Indian? Yeah, a lot. Um yeah it's I, I think we've we've really understand how it works now but i don't think that we're alone in that i think that's just a general uh, a general thing i think you know across the board people sort of know how to use social media effectively these days and those posts that i was talking about is perhaps a reflection of that I feel with our Facebook, the stuff that works the best is not when we post about music or new music, which is our thing, which we are, why we actually exist. It's the posts that are like, oh, look at this. This looks crazy. The, or the one that got the most likes this week was Finnish people with weird things on their head. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the one that was most successful on our Facebook was... Um, a picture of a dog wearing a swan dress like Bjork. And I felt, you know, it was a really funny picture when I saw it and I just thought I'd post it and it went bananas. But that's kind of depressing. Do you feel dirty now? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, you know, it was in, in some ways looking at it and amazed by how many people are responding to it. And then you think, well, what's the point in that when you post a new track that you're really excited about and two people like it? Like, that's, it's a shame, isn't it? Hmm, it is. Do you think this is going to stay like this or do you think it's going to change? Um, well, I'd like to think it's going to change, um, but I don't know how 
that's the thing because uh, I think that when you when you if you scroll through your Facebook feed these days, there's so much content that's you know massively popular, and it is all stuff that is very throwaway and could probably be made in a couple of hours and not like a song that's taken you know weeks maybe to perfect and days to record and mix and master and a big plan and a video and everything that goes into that and it just doesn't have anywhere near the same effect as top 10 dogs uh you brought another song you you brought three songs today um three scandinavian songs uh, all our uh, guests do that um What's the second song you brought? Uh, the second song is, I don't actually know if you pronounce it D-N-K-L or Dunkel. I, I'd say Dunkel. Dunkel. Okay, so it's Dunkel. Oh. Uh, and it's a song called Hunt uh, that I found from your blog. Oh, cool. <laughs>
We are here with Joe from One Little Indian and we're talking about how social media is changing. I was thinking about, you know, what makes you like a post? Is it an, just an instant feeling of, oh, it's a dog, I like dogs? Or does it have more to do with that you want to show who you are, like you want to, it's an identity mark of some kind? Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both, maybe. I think maybe likes are a little bit less of a thing than shares and comments because they're more visible to other people on Facebook and once you understand that then perhaps you think a little bit more about commenting on something. Yeah, because it seems strange to me if it's something to do with identity, why do people like all these stupid posts? Is that who they want to be? I mean, do you want to be someone who just likes dogs or do you want to be someone who supports interesting new music? Mm. I think it's easier to like a dog than really <laughs> consider. I mean, I think the things that work best on Facebook aren't media that you have to really engage with, like, um, you know, SoundCloud players and videos. It's it's an image, and it's a very brief description of that image. And the more complicated you make anything, the less likely you're going to have uh, a good response to it. I notice all the time that the videos that we post just have hardly any of a response compared to a really good photo and a bit of simple text that's asking somebody to, you know, this kind of giving someone a very easy excuse to like. So they like it just because it's harmless then, because that nobody can criticize them for liking that simple image. But if they like a song or support some kind of cause, then they might get questioned. Um, I maybe I don't. I, I don't think it's maybe as simple as that, but yeah, I mean, there's probably an element of truth in that. I would like to see if, if everybody had on their Facebook profile, like a statistics of what they liked in general that showed who they are. Maybe people would be more careful about liking stupid stuff because they would kind of be outed for being shallow and stupid. I don't even think people think about these things about being shallow or not. Um, I wouldn't go so far. I mean, I feel that Facebook um, has taken away boredom from us you know like you know when when we all were a child you know I had this feeling something oh I'm so bored what am I going to do and this doesn't happen anymore and I feel the posts that work the best are the most entertaining ones the ones where I can laugh or where I can be shocked uh, or whatever and the question is is this the future is this, uh, this those two seconds where I'm shocked and I don't even have the one minute to go into a post and actually listen to music because I I, I catch myself a lot mm. uh, liking something and I haven't even heard the song because yeah. I expect it yeah. might be good. You know? And you see on blogs that have like 15,000 page views for a certain post, but the number of people who actually play the song are like 20. Yeah. So they read it and they want to know what's going on, but they don't really care about listening to the music. And you could also be liking something to support the page that posted it and not the thing that it actually is. Yeah. There's, there's lots of reasons why you might like something. So the heavy question is, uh, Joe, what does that say about our society? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think certainly it means, I think it, people's attention spans are a lot smaller than they used to be. Um, and that Facebook, the Facebook feed is a perfect example of that. And the way you just scan through it and you don't even read it properly half the time. If it's too much writing, you don't bother taking it in. You just move on to the next thing and you wait for the thing that grabs your attention. And that's what maybe you like that thing or you comment on that thing. Um, 
it's people maybe people don't have the time maybe maybe people, people do have the time but it's just the way facebook is built in order to cram as much stuff on there and make as much money through sponsored stories and everything as they can who, who knows but it, it is an, it's an interesting phenomenon certainly so i mean if we are sick of all of these pictures of bands uh, with someone famous or in the backstage or in vienna do we have a responsibility to do something about that like as working with bands should we should we change that do we have to make posts that have better content or that are actually saying something important it's a very difficult question because again it's um it's putting putting something that works against something that's quality that doesn't work as well um but really for a if you want people to stay interested then you probably should be posting uh, you know for some if bands are really serious and really you know um interesting bands then probably they're not the kind of bands who are going to be doing that sort of thing anyway i would think i don't know mm. um the question is also when we are criticizing the social media are we allowed to criticize on facebook or are we just allowed to criticize in real life because i feel facebook has structured and also the way how people use it in a very too positive way like you i barely see criticism for example i never i never see a critical comment Uh, people always try to stay nice. Do you think we should change that? I don't know. It, for 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 us as a, as a label, then probably not. I don't think it would do us any favors to start criticizing bands and other people's ways of doing things publicly on Facebook. Um, but maybe for more publishers and people who are actually you know publishing critical comment on things, people like I don't know Pitchfork or whoever people like that maybe should be yeah because they can start debates and they can use it as a bit more of a interesting forum for uh, for thought rather than just here's a link click it <laughs> I, i just read an article the other day about google developing a robot that would automatically post responses on facebook so if there's a post saying like oh i got a new job then Uh, it just feels what the other responses are and it posts from you. Oh, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. Yeah, does, you and see, it's this interesting because it means that in the end, uh, social media will just be its own ecosystem. Nobody's actually reading it, but everyone's like saying, oh, you look fabulous. Oh, I love that dress. You know, just fake like positive it, comments. The, I think you mentioned before something about um, people's birthdays when you have to kind of click and make a comment on someone's birthday when you could have that set so that you never had to do it. You never had to remember anybody's birthday, but it's all doing it for you. That's... yeah. Is that good? <laughs> Is that a good thing? So that will probably lead to the end of social media and Facebook imploding. No, it's going to lead to the end of humanity. I, yeah, I, I, I'm I afraid. Agree. I don't think it's the end of social media. It's, yeah, yeah well, no one needs to talk to anybody. No one needs to socialize or have friends because they have a computer. So to sum it up, I think we sh the advice to bands is just to think post-apocalyptic when they build their fan base and just, you know carve something in a stone and decide on physical meeting places where everybody meets up in 10 years either that or make music for robots
So if Facebook is changing and maybe in a while people are going to get bored of just seeing pictures of dogs, how can, for example, a new band or label work with connecting to their fans like should they try to think in a different way like moving away from facebook well i think the difficulty is um you kind of know what works and what doesn't work and if you're starting from nothing and you're trying to build something you're trying to build an audience and get likes on your page and build interactivity and stuff then doing something that's really creative and weird out and outside of the box isn't going to help you do that on the whole um, and that's a really, it's a, I think it's a real problem because that it's stuff like that that's interesting and just doing something that everybody does is really boring. And people are, whether people are bored of it now or not, they will be within, not in the, in the, the online world, not very long at all, maybe next week or maybe a year, who knows. But um, I think it is a real big problem and I think it's a case of knowing what works and trying to maybe tailor what you're doing to be personal to you, but take in the ideas that, uh, you know, work for, a, you know, the, the bulk of people, maybe. Would you recommend an artist um, to concentrate rather on their music and on their yeah, facts, or rather on... I actually asked you that kind of question before, but or rather try to make posts that really work? They should concentrate on their music. Yeah, I mean, sh should I, I mean, yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, of course, that's what it's about at the end of the day. This is a vehicle for getting that music out to people, um, but it shouldn't be the most important thing. What else can they uh, post about or Twitter about? Because I have kind of a feeling sometimes when, because I, I like a lot of uh, yeah pages by by artists and I always have the feeling... Uh, they post about the same things, like being in a backstage with someone, being in the studio, recording, being uh, in Vienna or Paris where they're playing I, I tonight. Think and this is another thing that's a problem because people love that stuff. That stuff, you know, you, you, you post a picture of yourself with somebody famous that you've met and people respond to that. But it also takes away any element of mystery that you ever had by just making your life online. Um, and I think that's I think that's a difficult thing. I, I think if it's interesting. A band like Dunkel, for example, um, they're very new. They've only got maybe 500 likes on their page, and they've only have one song that anyone's heard at this point. And they've just been posting like beautiful, weird pictures of sort of smoke in the darkness and stuff. And I don't know. I, I don't know if it's working for them, but it's intriguing, and I think that's that's good. There's uh, other things to social media than just Facebook and Twitter. There's also Shazam, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, what are your thoughts on those other outlets? I guess of those three, the the thing that I could maybe talk most about that just because of something that happened recently uh, is Shazam. And it's really become apparent uh, in the last maybe year or so how important that is these days. Um, the reason I was going to mention it is because we had a really big sink on um, a massive reality TV show in the UK called Made in Chelsea. And this is like the biggest show on TV at the moment. And we had this re really big sink for one of our artists, Asgir, as it happens. And um, we knew this was coming and 
you know, we wanted to try and find a way to capitalize on this because obviously the audience is massive, but no one knows what that song is. So it became really important to make sure that that track was on Shazam and um, it was all really well optimized so that when people then Shazam the track, they can find out what it is and it links them, you know, through to iTunes and the artist page and all that stuff. But what's become really interesting about this, because it's such a, it really displays what, what the general public is kind of listening to or interested in because that's when they're holding their phones up when they hear something they haven't heard before in terms of new music, that people like Radio 1 in the UK, which is like the biggest um, sort of music uh, radio station, they're now using the Shazam chart that they publish every week to help program their playlists. So the day after um, we had the first sync with, um, on Made in Chelsea, we got a call from Radio 1 straight away because so many people had held up their phones and shazammed the track. So this is like massively important these days. Um, you really need to make sure your music is on Shazam as soon as you can. And you have to make sure that people don't know what it is so that they want to find out what it is. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I guess where it's most effective is, I mean, it's not for the very new bands perhaps is not going to be as easy but um, when it and something's on the radio or when it's sort of being played in a shop or in a DJ set or on the TV or whatever that's kind of where Shazam comes into its own and really can be a massive um, generator of hype for a band. What's your thought on uh, SoundCloud for example or Spotify? Do you think it's um, or would you recommend an artist to for example give free downloads to their fans? Um, well, it's just sort of done these days, isn't it? Whether I think it's right or not, is it, to not do it is almost going against the grain slightly, but maybe that is a reason to do it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> do people still uh, still download? I don't download, but I never did. I, I kind of, um, as soon as streaming started, then I stopped buying CDs uh, and I buy vinyl, but um, I never bought downloads really. Some artists in Sweden are only releasing their music on Spotify and not on iTunes, not available anywhere else as a download either. And in Sweden, it's been proven lately that artists like make quite big revenues from Spotify. Yeah, it's always like, yeah, Scandinavia has led the way in terms of streaming and it's actually, Sweden constantly proves that it does work. A lot of the rest of the world is very far behind that and, you know skeptical of some people are still very skeptical about it and maybe for good reason but sweden kind of proves that it can work thank you joe we are going to let you play your last song can you tell us what that is yeah it's uh, king and cross by asgir and he is uh, another icelandic artist on one at lindian we have very many uh, we have four in fact and uh, um it's his first single that came out in the summer in germany i believe Uh, and it's my favorite song by him. I think it's amazing. And she is walking with me from the house of red. I hear a child crying for his head that brings from the jaws Share the secret where the king takes sides, leaving 
Yes, today we talked about social media, um, particularly uh, Facebook. And um, thanks to Joe uh, for being here in the studio. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, we want to say goodbye to you. Uh, you can get the playlist from uh, this show on Facebook and also on BNFM. And everything about Nordic by Nature is on nordicbynatureberlin.com. And my name is Steffi von Kahnemann. I'm Nina Legnehit. The last song today is Spirit Bass Schengenfunk in a Sandra Kostad remix. Flying away, flying away, I did what I 